Welcome, welcome. This is another special edition of the Simply King podcast. This is another volume, another edition of the Gumbo Series episodes. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. I enjoy creating it. For everyone who's listening, you can now purchase the Gumbo magazine at gumbomedia.com forward slash magazine. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to be the one who doesn't have a copy and can't be a part of the conversation. So go get you some gumbo. All right. This is the Simply King podcast. Let's listen. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. And today I'm joined yet again with some beautiful, beautiful people from the collective, the entity, the conglomerate, the the group, the, the company, whatever you may call them. I'm here with two individuals from the Gumbo Media. I'm here with Amir and Zay, and I'm so glad they're here in the studio to join me in my humble abode, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know them, and also even get even deeper and further into the beauty and the necessity of what Gumbo is. So, let's start. Let's just get right into it and just get to the talking, all right? So, Zay, I'll start with you. All let, right. let me know, let the people know who you are. I want to know where you're from. Mm-hmm. I want to know... Um, what brought you to what brought you to Chicago? If you've always if you always been here or not, or what brought you to Gumbo? Yeah, that's all. All right, bet. So, um, hi, all the listeners. My name is Zay Williams. That is Z A Y, not X A Y, not Z E Y, but Z A Y. Full name being Zanea, but you know how it is when you have a unique name and. You know, you're in elementary school and your teacher automatically decides to call you Zanana. So, Zanana. you know, <laughs> Zay is the preferred name. Um, I am born and raised from Chicago. I'm from the west side, the Austin neighborhood, close to Oak Park. Uh, my grandmother still owns her home over there, so I'm still very much connected to the neighborhood, even though I've moved to many different parts of the city. But, um, yeah, I rep the west side. Formerly a North Sider as well. I've lived on the North Side for years um, and just recently became a South Sider for a year. So, um, yeah, lived all over the city. It's a great experience for me. Uh, Gumbo, I'm a founding member of Gumbo. Um, I went to college, DePaul University, with Matthew Manning, who is uh, one of our founders, along with Andre Bob. And we were, all three of us were in the DePaul Gospel Choir. Andre Bob being uh, the former president of the DePaul Gospel Choir. And that's how we met. And, you know, Matthew and I kept in touch. We just decided to meet up periodically after we graduated from DePaul and mm-hmm. over hot cocoa one night. He says, hey, me and my partner, Courtney, we started a company mm. and we need a producer. And so 
yeah, over hot cocoa, I, I explained to him that, you know, what we stand for as a company. At the time, we were under a different name. We were under Royal. And um, I just said, you know, growing up as a young black girl in Chicago, I would have really loved to have a platform like Gumbo to help exemplify the untold narrative in our community, yeah. which is nuance, yes. essentially. And he said, okay, you joined. And so that that was that. And now I'm here. I love it. I love it. I love it. And what about you, Amir? Uh, my name is Amir. Uh, I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So big Buckeye, go Ohio State, go Bucks, Ohio, Ohio, you know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> On my dad's side, our roots in, from Palestine. Oh, man. Um, yep, so uh, definitely kind of grew up with both. You know, we're talking about a nuanced identity. It's like I feel like my childhood was like the epitome of a nuanced identity. For sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So, uh, yeah, I've been in Chicago now for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, came here to uh, for, for my career, working finance. And I originally joined Royal Media as well uh, about two years ago, a little over two years ago. And I was recommended to Matthew, uh, one of our co-founders, from a mutual connection that a guy I know, he went to Ohio State as well. And um, he just knew a a little bit about my skill set, my background and finance and whatnot. And he thought it would be a good idea to connect me with Matt. Mm. So me and Matt had had lunch and, and... the basement of the Board of Trade, and uh, we chopped it up about Royal Media and the initiatives and everything that they was doing at the time, and I was just taken aback by the vision and uh, his presence as well, and as well as... He got good energy. He's got mm-hmm. great energy. He's got great energy, and he's really that leader. Like, he really he really exemplifies that idea of, like, okay, this dude is the founder. Yeah. You know, like he really exemplifies that. He's such a good leader. So, um, yeah, that, so that, that's how we met. We You know, we had one conversation, and that was really it. I've been rocking with it ever since. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, for me, um, as I've told uh, several other um, several other members of Gumbo, uh, of the, like, I don't know what you guys would call yourself, I guess the... The movement. The movement. Yes! <laughs> um, that I, I truly believe that Gumbo is something that um, is truly needed. Um, not only just within uh, locally within Chicago, but just uh, to be an example everywhere. Um, because being a transplant into a new place and not knowing, you know, having so many things that you still need to kind of figure out to become acclimated, to be able to do whatever it is that you do um, in terms of just building your network in this new city, feeling comfortable to create and aspire to be whatever you want to be in that new city. And I think... Um, Immediately, I think that was the energy that I felt, you know, coming to the For the Love event, um, finding out, finding out, you know, with the name in itself, you know, I think everything about everything that you guys have, you know, sought out to do, I think has been, even if it wasn't thought out, I think it's extremely meaningful. I remember uh, telling them just about asking questions about, you know, Gumbo and why the name. And I think it really was extremely interesting to me. And I think what I added on to Matthew when he explained it to me on why it they y'all changed it from Royal to Gumbo. Mm-hmm. Um I told him I was like and add I add on to that to say that, you know, Gumbo is also something that's it, it seems like you guys like almost humbled yourselves in a way. Went from Royal to Gumbo. And Royal is already this kind of, you know, this very high, this gives this very airy type of, you know, grand type of uh imagery. Yeah. While gumbo is something that's so, you know, complex and universal, and gumbo is something for everyone Absolutely. in terms of, you know, people who are who 
consider themselves high class and low class consume gumbo. Gumbo isn't mm-hmm. too good for anybody. No. Yeah, we you know? really think about the, yeah. the dish gumbo, yeah. the ingredients, you know, the okra. Yeah. You know, if you do the swine, you know, you got the sausage in mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, the, the right yeah. seafood. I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, so I, I, I make gumbo for my family every holiday. Oh, and I haven't love. had any yet. That's yeah, you love. haven't had salty. I know. I got, I, that's my fault. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to get I gotta get on that. But every Thanksgiving, it's like my family is, like, ready for me to make gumbo. And uh, it's so funny because, like, it... it, it it really made me think about gumbo this year because I got to my family's crib and I didn't really have time to like go grocery shopping. Mm. I didn't really get everything I needed and I didn't have all the ingredients that I may normally have. Now I have a, a recipe that I kind of like loosely follow, yeah. but it's gumbo. It's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the exact same every exactly. single time that you make it. It's not. So yeah. uh, my aunt had really told me, she was like, yo, your gumbo was good this year. She's like, but it, it was different than it was last year. It was like, you know, it wasn't exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like interesting. Like when you think about that, like even gumbo, when you go to Louisiana, you go to one house, yeah, and their gumbo tastes completely different than the gumbo at the house next door. Right, yeah. you know the house next to that. Yeah, you know down to the spices, down to the 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 meat that's in there, and it's so different. It's, it's just one of those unique dishes that just like screams uh, unity, screams like people. It's grassroots. It's from the soul, yeah, yeah. and it's complexity, nuance. complexity, yeah. nuance. And it was just like when we was going through the. Um, we were going through the exercise to explore changing the branding and the name and mm-hmm. changing our identity a little bit. Gumbo just like stuck with us so hard. It was like we could we just couldn't even shake it. It was so it was such a I don't know, serendipitous moment like when we found that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I asked Courtney, you know, kind of like what inspired the change and uh, and when she told me I thought it was extremely dope, but I think as soon as you, I, I can only imagine as soon as you guys did that, so many other things started to open up as well. And I think it's something about when you start to start making those steps into where your purpose should be and how things start to change and how all these new perspectives kind of come upon you. But uh, let's my first question for you guys is um, you guys are considered, you know, Gumbo is considered a media group. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, media is something that's thrown around so often these days, you know, in the world where we are living in the social media age and people are, you know, media this and media that in their titles, um, people are trying to major in mass media and all these other things. And it's this somewhat ambiguous thing to I feel like a lot of people who really may not understand what is all considered within media right. and what all that really entails. Um, I would love to know as a, you know, as a media conglomerate and a company, I guess how how do you go? How does one make money within that? Like, how do you set something like that up and make money doing just creating whatever you're creating or doing whatever you're doing? Because I believe that's something that uh, I don't. Know, I think that's a key thing that that's a gem that I think people need to be able to possibly create those things in their own community. Absolutely, Amir, you wanna? You wanna uh, yeah, sure. Go on this one first. Um, so. A traditional media company mm-hmm. makes money a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Number one, a traditional media company makes money by ads. Yeah. So they 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 solicit ads from external sources and they use their platform and their followers to disseminate these ads. They are able to do that because they create content that people are consuming. So if people are consuming content on a regular basis, then you have a base that you can then market to. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the main ways a traditional media company makes ads. Another way a media company will make ads is through subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So when you think about any of your favorite magazines or um, 
HBO, mm-hmm. Cinemax, uh, Netflix. These are subscription-based media companies that you're consuming content that they're creating and you're actually paying for it. So even like if you think about Hulu, Hulu has a version that's free, but it's got hella ads. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to make ads, you got to have a subscription. So that's kind of how a media company, a traditional media company makes money. Uh, another one is through services. A lot of media companies will do services and create events or whatnot. And then events, of course, is the way a, a traditional media company makes money as well. So like even if you think about if you come to Lollapalooza, yep. you'll see that Complex has an event. Yep. You'll see that um, if you go to Essence Fest, that's an event. That's a media company that makes an event. So those are the traditional ways I would say a media company makes money. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I say that because I remember um, I was at this uh, like media meetup um last year sometime and somebody was saying you know what are the you know if you guys want to share what are some of the i guess secrets of the trade or whatever whatever and somebody interjected one of the panelists interjecting was like why do we got so many secrets mm, right <laughs> like why why is it why is it that it really ain't no secrets yeah no more. yeah and it's like it's not it's like why do we feel like we have to covet the things that have put us in the places right. for us to be able to even speak with authority on whatever it is that we do because you can give anyone, you can, everyone can, has the ability, a lot of people I'll say have the ability to just go to school or study a certain thing or, or take time out to do a certain thing if they're privileged enough. But that doesn't automatically mean. Don't that, mean that they got the sauce with it. Yeah, or automatically mean yeah. that, that this is going to yield the result. Exactly. Like just because you are studying to be a doctor, right. will you really become that? You still have to have the fortitude and do whatever needs to be done to get to that certain right. point. And so I feel like give the information out. And allow for the people to do what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, instead of being so coveting of, like, the damn information. And um, I think we have became that way in a lot of ways in terms of, like, when when we kind of, you know, propel ourselves and get ourselves to new levels. Uh, that's that's the whole mentality of wanting to move out to certain neighborhoods or doing certain things. We never, that sense of not reaching back or at least letting it be known, like, this is how I did it. This right. is what I focused on to be able to get out this certain situation or be able to just uplift myself in a certain capacity. Mm-hmm. Exposure. Yeah. It's really, that's, exposure is really like half the battle. Yeah. And um, if you don't know what you're capable of, if you don't know what is possible for you, then you'll never know that you can even walk down that path. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think so many people, especially I think in, in nowadays where people are starting to question the value of a college education. Hell yeah. And people are starting to question whether or not it's uh, it's necessary for you to be successful. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the, 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 the prior mentality is, okay, you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, and you'll be happy for the rest of your life or whatever it is. Period. And um, <laughs> it's just an it's it's, Don't work. Igno- it's ignoring humanity as it an is. essence. You know what I'm saying? Like not really taking into account that we all are individuals. We are an individualistic society. That's right. just how it's been built in this country. And I think that it just doesn't service us as a community to always feel like we have to adhere to the status quo of like what Amir said, you know, I'm going to college and then, you know, picking a degree that, you know, you believe will make you some shmoney. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after that, you know, get married and then have 2.5 babies yep. and then buy a house, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, what I love about us uh, as creatives within Gumbo is that, you know, we're kind of, you know, helping to redefine um, this narrative and we're also helping to um, exemplify that, you know, individuality is, is, you know, just 
just as important when it comes to dismantling these systems mm-hmm. that um, we've programmed that we've been programmed to adhere to and believe. I agree. I agree. And I, I just one thing that I kind of kept in mind, the thing that I kind of threw at you guys was about uh, thinking about process, because I believe that that's something that, you know, we truly have to grasp as a community. And I think that's something that every, a lot of other communities have figured out. And those things have become traditions within those communities. Right. Um, like, I think the, the most funny, the funniest example and the most clearest example is when you think about uh, our, our Mexican brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. The big stereotype is that they, you know, they all live together. Grandma, uncle, everybody lives in one house. And, but people joke on that and not understand the economic kind of value that's happening there and right. the opportunity that's happening there. If we all have the same occupation and we're all living on the same roof, we're all pitching in. That means, you know, these things are going to spread a lot longer. These things are going to, you know, we're all putting in something to be able to build into this house. And so the business that we're creating, whatever that business is, because a lot of them create their own businesses in these situations, then you can eventually get your own house. Mm-hmm. Then you eventually can get your own house. Mm-hmm. Then we can move everybody out. We can own the whole block. And right. that, that's, commu- that's literally the definition of community. Like, if you think about it, like, you know, I, I always say this as, as a business and finance person. I always talk to people about debt, right? Because debt in our modern world, you cannot get ahead without debt. Yep. And debt actually existed before money existed. Mm-hmm. So when people were bartering and they said like, okay, well, I'm going to give you three cows. And over the next year, I want X amount of bushels in, yep. of wheat. And then once you give me this wheat, then we're going to, then we'll be even. So it's like no money was even exchanged. Yep. And people forget that, like, we could actually still work without money. Yep. And I think one of the things that Gumball has really been able to do in the time that we've been able to build our business is we have done so much without money. Like, it's, it's crazy to think yeah. about. Like, it's You're crazy. scrappy with it it's in the beginning. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. And we're still, we still have the capability of doing that mm-hmm. because what were we we weren't we weren't in the beginning we weren't focused on making money we we're focused on having a purpose yes yeah, we're focused on a mission and then i think from that mission came okay how can we create value that's based on this mission yes how can cre- we how can we create value for people who are consuming our content for people who are going to become a part of our community and for each other mm-hmm. how can we create challenges amongst each other and amongst our organization that is going to all sharpen all of our skills yeah. and create allow us to become better business people, better community leaders, better friends and business associates to one another. Yeah. And uh, that's been, for me, that's been like one of the most beautiful things about being a part of Gumbo. I, I, I love that sentiment. And I think you speak to a lot of uh, tangibles. And I think um, that's one that's one thing that I want to move in, move into next is that I'm so glad. I'm not sure what the thought process was in grouping you guys together. <laughs> all of like for all the interviews. <laughs> yeah. But I, but, in, tell you. <laughs> but in my but in my own in my own kind of tinkering and brainstorming to come up with an outline and to and how I wanted to approach the conversation, I was I was like, damn, I kinda like the way they did this because I was finding those uh those intersections and those and those through lines that made you guys connect, you know, in terms of, you know, you for instance having this, you know, a sense of finance and having a very interesting grasp on practicality, but then you have you mm-hmm. who have a very interesting sense of of both, based off of what I you know our initial conversations. Then I get to speak to you and learn that you have this creative side and you you have you can speak this language of the creative 
because these are these are things that are a part of you as well and they just made everything blend and make become so beautiful to me and I, I guess I wanted to talk about in terms of you guys when it comes to the process and planning whatever the projects that you guys do either personally or for gumbo mm -hmm. I guess I find myself always having to uh, battle the I guess being either the business person or being the creative thinking about the time it's gonna take thinking about how efficient it's gonna be so I have to think about the practicality of everything you sure. know I have to think how practical is this going to be? Let me set my time out. How much time do I have to get this thing done so I can give the you know yield the best result? But also, I'm I'm trying to make this shit look fly though. Right. I'm trying to like <laughs> I got a good imagination. I got like I got an idea, and I believe with the resources that I you know have it at, at hand that I can make this thing happen. Yeah, and do it with some style. And do it with some style. So I guess tell me tell me each one of you about how you kind of uh, balance out. Um, the imaginativeness of your, you know, your roles within Gumbo and your own personal lives, as well as practicality, because I feel that uh, that balance is something that we all should uh, strive for, no matter what the role is in your life or whatever career or passion that you have, you know? Yeah, definitely. So for me, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Rodney, you have had several conversations with me. Mm -hmm. So you know that um, I, I tend to be a little bit of a dreamer. You know, I am a Pisces. You know, you know there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think we are the best sign. You know, no shade, no everybody, shade. Everybody say that. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, um, for me, being a lifelong creative um I have a background in writing and in film and, you know, in the arts in general. And for me, I really had, and Amir actually has been a great uh, teacher in this when it comes to me helping to balance, you know, being an imaginative creative and then also the practicality. My head was always in the clouds so yes. often. You know, sometimes I would often forget uh Okay, um, let's let's figure out how to really, you know, make some money and really, really hone down on my craft and, and yield the best result, as you were saying. And, um, you know, for me, I always was so focused on perfectionism, mm. you know, and not being not really using my time and I'm telling on myself a little bit but I don't mind because I mean <laughs> if it helps anybody out there I'm, I'm cool with that I'm, I made so many mistakes in in my young life and you know I, I just want to be transparent but you know I I truly truly took my time too much and <laughs> in, in procrastination and just just wanting to make things so perfect to yep. where I felt like I had to be so ultimately satisfied and I never was mm -hmm. um, and there will be all this time lost because I spent all this time you know just trying to perfect my projects and things and, and like that but what I had to grasp for myself was just learning that perfectionism is just not achievable you know it's, it's just not something that I can achieve for myself yeah and I I also learned from Amir that I get it done. <laughs> just get it done. Yeah. I'm like, trying, that's I was, like, yeah, it's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's wild. Like, man, like that's been, that's the, that's the like, conversations that we had, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be a little PC about it, but yeah, you're no, right. You just get be, it done. Just get it done. It's like, it, it, it's, it's like, that's, that's always been like our energy is that like me and Zay have a lot in common, which is kind of why we're here. Yeah. Like, we, we have, we have a, a unofficial, we have an unofficial uh, food, 
uh, portion, which, well, what would you call we're, it? We're like foodie soulmates. We're like foodie soulmates. Hey. And we discovered that, like, immediately. So we just, like, delve right into How'd you discover it? I, I don't oh, know. Oh, how did How did we? we discover it? It might have been like we were at we were at Ace Hotel. That's what happened. We were at we were at Ace Hotel. Good memory. We yes. used to because we used to meet at Ace Hotel. Like when when I when I joined yeah. Royal at the time, um, they would always meet at Ace Hotel. Okay. And uh, Ace Hotel in in the in the first floor, mm-hmm. we always sat at the same table, the same area. We always had the same waitress. Yeah. And I so, remember Austin telling me they had pretty good food there. Yeah. There was, oh, the food's it's great. Pretty good. I was just there yesterday. Was, so okay. like, <laughs> I'm we, gonna check that. When we first started meeting, I was like, okay, well, you know. I guess we're here to have business. So we're here to do business. I'm not really going to eat. Oh, yo, I remember I ordered you, beef tartare. Yeah, you ordered beef tartare. That's <laughs> oh, my God. When she ordered that beef tartare, I was like, this woman is my soulmate. Like, yes. Like, I was like, dang, she she rocked with the beef tartare. And she ordered it during a meeting. And I was like, okay, wow. Like, that says a lot about you, like, as, a, as like, your taste and, like, what you like and, you know, just understanding that, like, okay, yeah, we're at a meeting. You probably could have ordered, like, something, a salad or whatever it was. But I was like, she got what she wanted. And yeah. I was like, I'm like that, too. Like, I was I hungry. Go somewhere, sure, I'm I ain't what no I want. damn yeah. salad. <laughs> yeah, ain't no damn salad. So, yeah. like, uh, that's, I think we just, like, immediately bonded off of that. We start talking about food and yeah. start cooking together mm-hmm. and start, like, going to different restaurants and checking spaces out together. And it was Hell just yeah. like, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, I love doing that. I love, like, For doing sure. that. And, I feel like to me, I had to truly understand that when I started podcasting, just because I'm just like, but I think I always possessed that naturally. Yeah. But like I, the conversation, like I had with you, is I went to school for marketing and uh, and studied business and all those different things. So I think there was always this, this uh, itch in me to get to my creative side. Right. Because I feel like it was always around me. I feel like all the people around me were extremely creative. All these creatives were drawn to me, and I'm like, "Why the hell?" I'm like, "I don't get it." Because mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was like there's nothing um, extremely tangible that I feel like I did that I could like exchange with them. It's like, "Oh, you rap, or you sing, or you mm-hmm. write, or you do whatever, whatever." And I'm thinking like, well, "I don't really do none of those." Right, what can I contribute? To yeah, what can I contribute like to this circle of creativity? Right. And I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. Um, about just, it was right before graduating when you sit there thinking about like, what the hell are you about to do next? And what are your options and what, what's happening? And I had to really come into understand that I, I've been a creative this whole time and I haven't even claimed it. Yeah. You know, you know? and I, I'm, I'm looking up like, I got, I got journals from way back when I was always jotting shit down. I was always letting people know about things and, and also like, Took it to my friends mm-hmm. and asked them about like why did you you know come to me like why like why like I, I this is what I'm going through this is what I'm dealing with and they was like I ain't never thought you thought this about yourself right I right. always thought you was creative <laughs> why do you think I brought my ideas to you why right. do you think all these different things yeah and it wowed the hell out of me because I'm just like damn I've been wasting I've been spending all this time <laughs> thinking that I'm just this uh this bridge yeah I thought I was just this bridge of yeah. like being able to translate the creative's language to to anyone else who mm-hmm. who wasn't uh, thinking as they were thinking and um, my, my one of my good friends he was the one who said that he's like you understand both sides yes, you understand yeah, that yeah. if somebody comes if you meet with somebody and they're trying to talk to you just about figures and numbers you can understand like okay this is what they're thinking about this right. is what's happening and you can bring it to me and understand like okay bro the fire the like the, the fireworks gotta go but right. we can still get this done you know and and that's how I've always operated in terms of how I thought. And and I had to come in to understand that. And I've, I've 
delved even deeper in that within therapy and understanding how much of a visionary mind that I really had. Right. And when it came to gumbo specifically, I think I always am um, drawn to the things that make me think. Yeah. Drawn to the things that gives me like that make me come up with new ideas that not they may not even serve me. And when it came to gumbo, when I started to learn more and learn about all the different you know infrastructure and resources that you guys are trying to set up for the people and find out it wasn't just about for the love and just about being you know the services that you guys provided, but you also did this game night. You also have this uh, gumbo fit and this run club. And I'm like, oh shit, they got yeah. some things happening here. <laughs> Sure. And, my, and so it made my mind really go crazy and um, and just sit there and really appreciate the depth that you guys kind of, you know, set yourselves up for and like and truly create a platform for yourselves to grow from whatever it is. And it's a beautiful seed. I'm so glad to be able to capture the moment that you guys are currently in, because I certainly believe that you guys are going to definitely, you know, take this to a whole new heights in the uh, in the near, near future. Um, but my next I don't know about you, but I'm so flattered. Like, I'm in my fifties. I greatly, I, I'm, I greatly appreciate it because you know sometimes, like, I think sometimes when we are doing something and we're like, "Is this gonna be a good idea?" Like, we don't really, we don't really know. You yeah. know, like you don't really know until yeah. you just like do it. Yeah. You yep. know, and I, I think like that's that's always been like. I mean, as long as I've been in Gumbo, we've always there's always been ideas. There's always been things that we've been wanting to do, and I think sometimes we have really taught ourselves and learn from ourselves that like when we bet on ourselves right like we're always going to we're always going to get our return on that investment we're always going to get that no matter what like as long as we just put ourselves out yeah. it's like it's like uh if you're a rapper if you're a singer or whatever and you go and you shy maybe you've never performed before and you go to an open mic or whatever like you're always going to be shy you're going to be like what if they don't like me what if this this that but you know what when you get up there and you do something or you perform or you do whatever your art is yeah. like Maybe maybe ninety nine percent of the people don't like it. Yeah. But like, if you get that one person, if you can inspire just one person, like it's it's literally worth your time and your effort. Definitely. Hell yeah. Message Hell for yeah. twenty twenty, y'all. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something I've had to that same sentiment. Something I've had to tell myself because podcasting is not easy by any means. Right. And I had to learn that within each and every step and uh, every uh, obstacle that I found myself getting to is like okay. So I, I now I now know that based off analytics that people are listening. Right. This, this amount of people listening, however small that number was, I'm like, all right, cool. So how can I like make sure these amount of people in that? Yeah, yeah, make sure these amount of people are coming right back. Exactly. Yeah. And so on and so on and so forth. And I think it was, like, it was intriguing as hell, and it was hell of a challenge. But I think it was something that I needed, and I think it's a medium that I'm so glad I found because I think it's one that fits so many uh, parts of me in terms of. Being able just to use my gift of gab, being able to connect with people, being able to challenge myself to not only be able to predict conversations, but to curate conversations Absolutely. and to truly um, let people know and affirm people in their opinions. Right. Because I think um, that's one thing that I'm so glad I've been able to do well within podcasting is let people know what you have to say is really important and it's really specific. And it's something that I think. There's so there's somebody else who needs to hear, it, and there's multiple people who need to hear this because you may be at a cross section of so many different things. Yeah, you know, you being, you know, I think I, I literally had an episode where I had I wanted to talk about biracialness, right, and just the the identity of biracialness, and I, I was so glad that I met someone who I thought was probably the the, the best example of what that is in mm -hmm. her experience because it wasn't one that you expected. Mm -hmm. She. 
is half white Australian mm. and half black. Her father it was uh, in the Nation of Islam, and she grew up in Oakland. Okay. Multiple, and that was a very that was a very specific that. thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she went to school with Ivy League. She, yeah. she's, a, she's a lawyer now. She had so many different things. And on top of that, how she presents. She's extremely fair-skinned, but she got like this curly-ass hair and these yep. black-ass features. So it's like, damn. Yeah, it's like, like the you, definition. Yeah, the definition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was and it was beautiful because I, I loved Lily as she came on. It was like the way she even described herself. She was like, I have to like make a point to when I like describe my identity. I don't really relate to white people of America. That's that wasn't my introduction to whiteness. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, that, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of your identity. So I think for me it was a life and learning lesson. But I think my le- my next question for you guys is Based off of of what you where you guys come from and what you guys do, I would love to know when it comes to, you know, managing certain, you know, projects or whatever you guys have done either in the past, is there uh, how do you stay, I guess I wanna say on task, but more so optimistic about the process. I think it's really when you have this long set out goal on this long set out project you know for a fact this is going to happen in a year's time. Mm-hmm. And with all that time, so much can happen. So many pitfalls, mm-hmm. things cannot go through, changes have to be made. How do you stay optimistic in those moments? How do you how do you find some light within the process, I guess? Um, well, I, I, I'll, with, for Gumbo specifically? Anything. Um, for me, personally, I'm just, I'm not a quitter. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm just not gonna quit. I'm just about to rock it out. Yep. Whatever it takes. I get grimy with it. Get 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 gritty with it. Like I'm gonna get it done. Period. That's just. That's just. I mean, that's probably part of my identity. Like as being uh, Palestinian. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we know struggle. We know what it's like to not have anything. We know what it's like to to have to do more with less. Mm-hmm. Same thing with being black. We know what it's like to do more with less. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, are we gonna rise to the occasion? Are we just going to? To take the option to fail, take the easy route out, Hell yeah. and just quit. And uh, for me, that's never been an option. So I think that that's me personally. I, I would say for Gumbo specifically, it's so interesting how our leadership structure is set up. It's almost set up like it's like a fortress. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have one, when you have two people that are doubting, you have two people that are visionaries and optimistic. And when those people are doubting, you have the other people who are taking that place. Mm-hmm. And it's like we just have all these different personalities and all these different ideas and all these different thoughts. And they really just come together for us to be able to encourage each other, yeah. for us to be able to, to remind each other like what we're doing. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you could just get lost in the weeds. And you could just be like, like sometimes nobody even sees the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so I'm up <laughs> till 2 in the morning doing paperwork and stuff like that. And nobody knows about it. But, you know. I, I know that I have to perform for my team. Yeah. I know that I have to perform for the people that, that's next to me. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's my, that's per, personally, that's my inspiration. It's almost like if you talk to a soldier on the battlefield, you know, they're not out there for the mission. They're not, they're, they're literally there for the guy next to them. That's what their motivation is. Yeah. And I feel like when, as Gumbo, when we're on our, you know, proverbial battlefield, like I'm worried about protecting you. You yeah, know, a, 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 as you are worried about protecting me, right? And it just creates a hedge of protection for all of us yeah. that we're able to kind of propel together because we we've created that balance within our structure. 
that we didn't even know yeah. was there. Yeah. <laughs> but in the trenches, we discover it. In the trenches, we discover it. For sure, yeah. in the trenches, we discover it. And I would say, like, this this, this last year has really been the trenches. Hmm. Like, it's really been our time to be, like, te- to where, where we've been tested this year about, like, when opportunity comes up. And sometimes... A, a, I would say I would say before when we were royal, I think we were always we've always been concerned with intentionality. Mm-hmm. We've always been worried about like okay, how intentional can we be with this? What is how does this look? How does this feel? Yeah. How is this going to be? But a lot of the times, we had to forego some of that granularness yeah. just to have some forward progression and be like, you know what, y'all, we have this opportunity and we can show ourselves our value and our worth by creating value through this opportunity, and we just need to do it. Yeah, we don't know how we're gonna do it. We don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know nothing. But we're just gonna bet on ourselves yeah. and know that together we have the ability to achieve those yeah. those things. I love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. same same question to you, Zach. Yeah, I would say for me personally, you know, I was I'm a very feeling empathic person, and with that being said, I was raised to be extremely independent mm-hmm. and just dependent on myself as an individual. Um, and I really, I really truly had to learn like um, how to let other people in, and. That's why I'm able to remain optimistic about the work that we do, because like what Amir said, you know, we can really depend on one another and we can encourage one another. And I really and I think that this mindset um, is prevalent amongst so many creatives, Mm -hmm. you know, this kind of this idea where you're just like, I can do this all by myself, you know, and I think. And I think when you're, for me as a black woman, you know, with my, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother, mm-hmm. black women, and they, my grandmother is, you know, she has some success and she helped raise me singularly, same with my mother. And that ideology of just being so independent to where I, I didn't feel like I needed to rely on anyone emotionally, mm-hmm. financially. Um, was so ingrained in me coming into Royal at the time and now Gumbo, I really had to deprogram myself and understand I actually have support, you yeah. know, like actually take advantage of this. So I'm saying this for... You don't have to do it by yourself. You really yeah. don't even have though, to. Even though you're capable of it. Yes. Yeah, you if you have the skill set and, you know, you have the knowledge, that's dope. But if you do have the opportunity to, you know, craft or curate a community or just let other people in, I say do it because it's really going to serve you in the end. Um, And for me, it's been so, so incredibly, incredibly beneficial. And it it was a challenge for me to, you know, let other people into my work, let other people have opinions about it or, you know, give me some constructive criticism or even in the days when I'm doing something, you know, editing for gosh, for like 16 hours and I'm ready to pull all my little curls out, pull the little bun off the top of my head and like <laughs> crawl into the fetal position and just like cry in the shower. Um, you know, I have I have my my colleagues and partners that I can call and they're mm-hmm. just like, you know, say, hold on, I'm here for you. And uh, yeah. it's it's so incredibly valuable. So that's that's what I would say what it is. It helps me remain very optimistic about Hell the work. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, 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 I asked you guys that question because I think it's something that every time I come into a new um, discovery within myself, 
through reflection, through therapy, through conversations. I love to pose the questions out to either my guest or just anyone that I'm speaking to because I, I just really would love to know if you thought about it, you know, mm-hmm. if these are things that you have truly acknowledged within your in your life. I know for me, being, um, I think, this sense of self-sufficiency yeah. has always been pushed to me. And I think it was pushed to me by my mom. Mm-hmm. That you got to be able to understand certain things, mm-hmm. be able to learn fast, so you can be able to do certain things for yourself. Right. And I think my the, the energy that I gave off and all those different things gave off this energy of Rodney has it together. Rodney don't need no help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what how so but what I learned was how does that how does that react in the world in the universe when it comes to how people treat you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like people treat me terribly, but they treat me as Rodney don't need no help. He got it yeah. together. He got it together. It's like if I even if yeah. I'm suffering in silence and I would love if somebody asks me yeah. like oh, I, I know you him alone. I know you got this going on. You told me about this thing you got going mm-hmm. on. Let me know when you ready. Let me know when you're ready to show me. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. let me know whenever whatever. It's not it's not ever when I know and I think I came to notice that when I was just like, damn, when other people got shit going on, it seems like people jump to help them. Yeah. And I'm like, when I got shit going on, it's not like I'm quiet about it. People just be like, all right, let me know when uh-huh. Let me know when it's out of the mic. You know what I'm saying? When it's done out the oven, you know? Right. Check on your strong friends. Yeah, that's yes. definitely that. There we it's go. That's like, that's like my favorite, like, yes. Oh, that's, it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely Check that. And I think I kept, being, I kept being reminded that that's what I was, even if I didn't choose to be. I was just like, damn. You never you never know. You know, I, I, I saw a quote that said, you're not who you think you are. You're not who other people think you are. Mm-hmm. You are what other people think you think you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people look at you and they're like, "Oh man, he's got he's so strong. He thinks he he not not to the point where like it's arrogance, but they look at you and they're like, "Oh, he has this self confidence, this this knowledge of self, this understanding of who he is." And they look at that and they see it even higher than you might see it. Absolutely. My first my first tattoo I got last year, and I got it in honor of my stepdad who passed away. And the reason why I got it was because somebody said to me that I would never forget. It's right here. And his name was Orange, so that's why I put it in the, the shape of an O. And it says, you always control your perception. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to what you just said. Like, he, he broke it down to me like, even if, if people call you this thing that you don't even like to accept, think about what you've done. Think about what actions you're showing people to influence to influence this perception that they have on you so if people if you hadn't so it was like Lillian I was in high school when he said this to me he was like if you are a bully and people keep saying this to you people keep treating you as such people not inviting you to things if this is what you are what do you think it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. because you don't think you're this you think you have a reason for every single action that you have yeah but in actuality, this is what it is. You have control over that. And I think um, we always do. No matter what moment in time that we're in, I had to like make sure I like brand that on myself. I, like, I haven't gotten a tattoo yet. Maybe that's the reason why I haven't gotten I got to get this <laughs> yeah. type of thing. And it's, it's truly uh, touched me in a, in a way where it really made me want to get even deeper into thinking inward and into you know, self-improvement and all these different things. Uh, I would love to know, in terms of of your skill sets, I believe people like your like the two of you are extremely balanced in terms of the way that you approach 
uh, the projects and the, and the, the whatever business dealings that you guys may approach because you can speak both of those languages. And I do believe that more of us, specifically in the black community, should speak more of those languages. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think about what was uh, what was um, Two Chains last album? Rapper go to the league. Mm-hmm. I believe his name is album. Great album. Great album, right? Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Heard every beat before, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like... What would you, I guess, what would y'all say? Because I believe that you two chose paths that um, black, the black youth or black people in general, you don't um, always find ourselves in. I think there's growing communities. I know there definitely are, you know, are black, black creative conglomerates within certain areas. I know there's definitely black finance, uh, or finance. 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 I hate people say that. Finance. 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 I know there definitely are like uh, people finance. who are trying to make sure that people are communities. But I would love to know: uh, Do you ever think about the, um, I guess the 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 very rare air that you guys are kind of sitting in when it comes to you didn't choose to go rap or go to the league and you didn't choose to go rap or go to the league yourself you know you didn't choose sports and or or, or, or this like oh! performative art you know right it's like it's like no no no, 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 no but this is like literally why gumbo exists yeah because most of us don't rap mm-hmm. and most of us don't go to the league mm-hmm. yeah so if you're not gonna rap and you're not gonna go to the league yep. who are you gonna be who are you gonna be and like that's really who Gumbo is. Yeah. We are for everybody that, when I say everybody that didn't rap, we for rappers too. <laughs> and if you went to the league, we for you too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's black. You know what I'm saying? It's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, the, the fact of the matter is that most of us exist somewhere in the middle. Yes. Really? We don't exist in these like polarized ideas we of don't. who we are as black people. You know, and that's really, I, I when I think about the essence of Gumbo, mm-hmm. like that's really what I think about is that like, this is for everybody in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, us as Gumbo, you know, as an entity, you know, as as a company, as, you know, a group of creatives and people that truly care about the black community, you know, we we notice and have observed how other media entities observe the black community, you know, which is typically, you know, it can, it can be positive and it's mostly negative. I mean, we know what it is, but it tends to skew very, you know, into entertainment, you know, or into sports, Mm -hmm. you know, entertainment, you know, or ignorance, like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like, you know, it's that, it's that like that classic, like, my mama, my mama is always, anytime she see a black person on the news or on TV or something like that, she always say, they they went out there and got the the most ignorant person that they could get. <laughs> they got the most. Oh, to, to get a recap. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yes, just just to continue on with that the negative perception of us as a community, particularly in the United States. Yeah. And, and what I love about us and what we do is that, you know, we representation just matters to us in all forms within our community Mm -hmm. you know so when it comes to like um amir folks that work in finance you know and you know for people like myself that um you know are really passionate that are cinephiles you know that are really passionate about um nerdy things and you know um movies and film (laughs) a person that loves films Okay. Yes. I'm a cinephile too. Yes. Let, mm. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I really love that 
we have created a platform where we we inherently exemplify that we do accept representation of all forms within our community. Hell yeah. And when you if you come to a gumbo event, like you went you came to the game night. Hell yeah. It's literally exemplified in the people that come to the game Hell night. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna see people from all different all different walks, shapes and sizes. True. You know, I always think about it like in America, black folk, we all have a different idea of our liberation. Yes. How our liberation should be. Yeah. Well no, we need to be liberated through the church. No, we need to be liberated through the nation of Islam. We need we need to be Moors. We need to be black Hebrew Israelites. No, we need to work for the white man and learn their trades so we could uh, use their game against them. No, we need to do our own thing. And it's like, even though we all have these different ideas of how we should be liberated, mm-hmm. we all want the same thing. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, we, really? all are, we all are trying to get to the same place at the end of the day. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's, I think that's one big thing that made me like continuously come back. and cause, Because as soon as I got my... like. I guess taste of gumbo. Yes. <laughs> Your first painful. <laughs> I had I and became and came more in understanding on uh, certain things. It I essentially just allowed the universe to kind of line certain things up, mm-hmm. and and I really truly believe in the, just universal signs and certain things that are just right in front of me. Um, literally me. Yes, spirituality. Oh yeah, you gotta be like that. You gotta yes. listen to things. Like literally, me and Andre are a part of the same mentorship program. So it's like I met you here, and now I'm seeing you in this other place doing something that me and you are just using our time to do. You could be yeah. anywhere else. I could be anywhere else. But we're volunteering mm-hmm. to be here, and so we had like so it was like I had to like at that moment I was like I'm gonna pitch this idea. I think I should talk to all of you. You know, not just talk to Courtney and Matthew about, you know, why, what is gumbo and why this? And this is beautiful, which I think is a a concept. That's an approach. And I think, you know, that's a way to approach it. But I guess from my perspective, because I came in from um, with inside instead of from the bottom of where it started. Yeah, I had I had to show that uh, show the beauty within that show that, you know, the first two people I met who were part of gumbo were Andre and Austin. And I had to like exemplify. This is what made me understand them. I didn't have to have this deep conversation with Matthew or Courtney to understand. Damn, this is something I should support because this is their this is their baby, and then they, flow, you know, allowed it to grow. And I think for me, I think it's extremely, extremely vital that you that we that you guys have done this. Your works are not in vain. All all that to, you know, however long you up doing paperwork, however long you up trying to figure certain things out are not in vain at all. Yeah. Um, and I think they truly have already shown um, proof of concept in a lot of different ways because you guys di- got different flavors for different things. Mm-hmm. If you looking for you know, looking for a happy hour, if you're looking for, you know, just something just to just give you some type of, you know, leisure and recreation. If you got, you know, something to get back into your wellness and have find a community of people who are who are into their wellness or even try to learn some things about, you know, your own wellness um, and just the opportunities that come with all of those things because those things can obviously intersect. You know, I've, I've already noticed the people that since coming to, you know, coming into understanding gumbo, the cross sections. Yeah. I started following people. And it's like, oh, damn, they in the run club. Or, right. I follow <laughs> right. him back when this, that, and the third. Or, smacking him in space last yeah, week. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I remember, yeah, this is, this is, and I think, just feeling that way and seeing that way, I think it, it makes you and to know that it came from this thing. Yeah. And this thing that you can continuously speak to. And this thing that it has tangible things you can go back to. 
You know, I spoke to the last group because we spoke a lot about aesthetic and we spoke a lot about, the, you know, the upcoming magazine and just was speaking to like why that's important, why that's smart as hell, because I think um, repurposing the, the, the definition of what a certain medium is is extremely important. And I think for you two, I believe that, you know, it's extremely vital f for you guys to speak loudly to not only people who are younger than us, but also people who are also lateral lateral with us in age as well to understand like this might be a career change for you. I'm not sure what you do or what it is that what it is that it is, but maybe we should look into doing something similar to what I do. You have this mind for it, or you have this knack for it, and I, I truly believe that we are um, we suffer so many different identity crises being black and being black in America. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine if we knew of the options, mm -hmm. if we really truly knew of. All, if we laid those things out, because they always lay these things out to us in ways this of like... This is more black than this is. Yes. Like, if you're... This you're more is, likely. Yeah. You're more likely to make make it, this make sense and, and to excel, excel to a certain degree in this versus these other things that you never even knew anything about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't own solely just have to go to college to learn that, oh, I have a smorgasmore of careers that I could truly go into and dabble in and this is what the trajectory of those things look like and i love that you guys have done this and i truly feel like it's beneficial to the community um i think this may be my last question and my last question would be um i guess what i guess if money wasn't an issue i guess what's one thing that you guys would create Ooh. Um, okay, I'm sounding like the Pillsbury Doughboy there, but uh, <laughs> I did not think that until you said that. For real? I didn't. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I got croissants on a brain or something like that. You, you know the little croissants that come in the brain? Hell, you know the croissants. Yeah, my mom used to make The crescents on the brain. My, my mom used to do the flaky layers all the time. Oh, those were so good. Yo, I would just, I would just they got take them apart and eat the layer They got, they got different versions of it now, too. They got like. What city are you from in Tennessee? Jackson, Tennessee. It's from Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say I went to this place in um, Nashville. Have you been? Have you? Have yeah, I've been to Nashville. Okay. Uh, Where, where'd you go? What's the name of this place? It was like a breakfast spot, but like they threw biscuits. It it was well, no, they th they they threw down on the biscuits. Okay, okay. <laughs> but like but was, I said, that is there is a place. It was like a breakfast spot. Why the name is escaping me right now? But anyway, it's like it's like uh, it's a communal thing. So like you sit at a table. As mm -hmm. soon as there's ten people ready, they put them all at the table, and then they just bring out like a bowl of grits, a bowl of bacon, a bowl of eggs, a bowl of fried chicken. Damn, a bowl shit. of fried chicken. Like a basket of fried chicken. Oh, okay. I was already saying bowl, so I didn't want to switch to basket. Okay, right alliteration. There. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> It was just like it was just like a wild experience. And I, was, I was just thinking about man, them biscuits. They had some candy peaches. Ooh, <laughs> That sounds so Ooh. good. Yeah. That's honestly that's one thing I want to get into in twenty twenty is I want to get in my artisan bag. You, you know, know what I mean? Yes. I want to start infusing shit. I want to learn how to preserve. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yes. Because it just I don't know. It's something about it that's like extremely attractive. I think it's my old age. 
I'm getting into wanting to be handy and, and to make shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just am so intrigued about the shit mm-hmm. now. Like I like glassware now. I don't know what the fuck is wrong Do with me. Do all that shit. Do all of it. <laughs> I don't know what, nah, if I if, if I'm a motherfucker start blowing glass, it's oh, I'm man, in it's trouble. Over. I'm, in tr- <laughs> over. I'm in trouble. I'm be like, I'm gonna need a, I'm a lot of space and I'm gonna need a <laughs> space to put my, my fire pit. <laughs> but um Oh, but no, no. Uh, we can create something. <laughs> Money was an issue. But yeah, we still had to get to the question. The question Ooh, the was... biscuits, though. Um, yeah, but the question was, if yes. money wasn't an issue, what would you create? Yeah. So, um, for Beautiful me... Beautiful tangent, though. Food is always an attention. <laughs> you know, it is always on my mind. If, if you get to know me, like, I'm always thinking about food and, like, travel and wine, like, 24-7. Y'all, I already had, like, a little bit of vino and... I haven't talked about the unicorn. No, I'm just talking about the unicorns now. Okay. Yeah. Um. Too late, y'all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <lost> that bad. <laughs> I guess I did. That's for you, Austin, when you're listening. Um, <laughs> he gonna call you. I know. So, oh gosh, that that actually is a tough question for me as someone that is a cinephile. Yeah. And someone that also really loves to write, um, screenplays particularly. Mm-hmm. Gosh, what would I create? Um, you know, hey. I, w- I would create a feature-length film. Okay. And, um, you know, non-indie studio-backed feature-length films cost millions of dollars. Yes. Um, you know, and that, that doesn't include just the, you know, the payment for actors, but, Thing you know, that also includes, you know, uh, the pr- fee for the producers and also for marketing. That's That takes up a bulk of the cost. Um, yeah, I would just I would just make a feature-length film. I already have... Um, a, I have a web series that I wrote um, about five times. I did a rewrite for five times. You know, I was on a web series in college. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was. Okay. What, I was. What, was the, <laughs> what was the name of it? It was, called, it, was called, um, it was called College Boyfriends. It's discontinued at this point. The, um, the creators of it are now actually doing a, um, are turning, um, some, they've gotten some of the cast and essentially about to create a movie. They're about to do a whole film. Oh, nice. With some of the cast and kind and of the continue, Perry Studios? Kind of continuing. <laughs> they are in Atlanta. That's what's funny. And they're trying to continue that story. But uh, it was great. It was fun. And it was certainly a collection of people who just were great. A lot of them were actually, you know, yeah. wanting, to be, you know, wanting to act. I did it for fun. Like, I yeah. just auditioned, <laughs> not even thinking I was going to get it. When I got it, I was like, all right, I guess this is something I got to commit yeah. to. Right? But, <laughs> but was no. it fun for you? Oh, it was hella fun. It is, And I'm right? going to tell you why it was fun, because I that was my first, like, taste of, like, people enjoying something that I was a part of that was, like, not of my own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was more so I was, because I feel like I've always played the role of always being behind the scenes and always being a part of whatever it was that I was doing. So it was like, okay, I'm, you felt that satisfaction because you knew the work that was put in. But it was this was an idea I didn't come up with. I was yeah. I was reading a script that I did not write. I had to like just contribute whatever it is they were asking of me, and I think that was a capacity I didn't wasn't in as often. You know, yeah. I feel like people always like push me to like, oh, what are your ideas? We want you to be heavily in, involved in this, and um, it was a life lesson. It was dope, but it was yeah. great because locally it was it was like a one. I'm hey. talking about coming back to school. Going to, y'all don't know Hump Wednesday. Hump Wednesday is like a block party that we had every week. They either, they switched uh, locations. Okay. Because um, if you know anything about the AUC, it's uh, it's Clark Atlanta, Morehouse, and Spelman. We're literally like all on top of each other. Right. 
and uh, for, formerly Morris Brown. Yeah, and Morris Brown and Morris Brown is like right down the street, and um, they, they just got their accreditation back too. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Shout, Shout out to Morris Brown. Yeah, hey. they they really genuinely never gave up. Like whoever mm-hmm. was behind that shit, hey, never bet gave on up. yourself. They didn't, and yes, and I'm talking about I'm at Hump, and it was the first Hump after we put out the season that I was on, and it was people coming up to me, want to take pictures, all types of stuff, and I'm just like, oh my god. Y'all really like this show. <laughs> I'm talking about and my phone died at this thing. I get my phone back on. There's people who have literally taken unsolicited photos of me from a distance. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, they was okay. like, my character's name was Chase. They was like, I was like, Chase Lattimore is at, uh, <laughs> is on my campus. That is a black ass name. Uh, Chase Lattimore. <laughs> I came up with the last name. The last name is black Because, yeah, my, char- my character's supposed to be white. Oh, okay. He was supposed to be white. He was supposed to be white and go to GSU. But I auditioned for it, and I guess they forgot. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but no, I digress. So you would do a full-length film. You know what, What Actually, would be the subject matter, though? I, I do want to change I want to change my answer real quick. So, okay. you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm fully capable of doing a feature-length film right now. Hey. I mean, to me. Hey. Hella honest. Let them know. Right? Let them know. Bet on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Bet on yourself. Um, I envision... Starting a large production studio. Okay. Um, where we acquire films, where we also produce films. Yep. You know, where we have our own imprint. Yeah. Uh, where uh, we also handle the marketing for films. So my vision behind that would be, particularly with marketing. You know, when we do acquire some films, I would prioritize um, films made by Black women. Mm. And also maybe start a, not maybe, I'm going to eliminate that word, and also start a fellowship, you know, for black women filmmakers uh, in post-secondary institutions and, um, you know, prioritize their works Mm -hmm. and, you know, get them some funding and produce their stuff. So, Lena Waithe, when you're ready to uh, invest in Zay's (laughs) idea. Right. That's that's Chicago love for you. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, that's what I would do if, you know, money weren't a factor. I love that answer. I love that answer. What about, what about you? In foreign language films as well. So not just in the United States, but we we gonna we gonna go I across like the that. diaspora. I like that. I like that. Yes, and they, and they need they need more love too. They really do. They and need, they need better mics too. We <laughs> 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 bring all of that. Woo! Yeah, because because I do believe it's it is a, a disservice that at this point they are literally the. Probably the most famous memes have came from Nollywood. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even. I'm genuinely not even sure if the stars of those things are even knowing of that. Like I, I forgot his name. I found out his name and I forgot his name. But it's the man, and he he they uses they use every image that he ever has. He's small. He's shorter man, and he literally has like one where he's like. And he has so many like different ones. Y'all y'all would know him if I pull it up. Just pensively looking off into the distance. Yes, he's just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he looks, I'm sure. Yeah, he looks. He, he he looks. He looks a lot younger than what he really is. But he's a grown man, and like they use his videos for everything, for every type of image. Um, I gotta find him for y'all. Go. Ooh, but, shout out to Nollywood. Shout out to him. But how, how great, you, great content how, how you on ask? Twitter. <laughs> Googling Nollywood memes right now. Dang, how, I didn't even see? know all of these. Was from oh, let me see. <laughs> Hell of him, him. This one? Yes, yeah. I see this guy. Yes, him. 
he he is epic. Oh yeah, he like the he like he, the, he like the Nigerian Gary Coleman. I'm telling you, he like Woo. he like he like acts with all of himself. You, you know better, what I'm saying? He really emote. <laughs> he really be emoting. That's why I be thinking like that's why it's so hilarious when people repurpose something that ain't even what it is. You know? Y'all, I, I have a question. No shade though, but have y'all seen Acrimony? Of course I have, and I'm I'm sadly Woo. I'm sadly I'm saying it in um you know. And sadness that I spent time looking at it, but I, but to me, I think it was one where it was like I want to understand how someone could make a film in eight days, uh huh, and essentially go straight into distribution. It was in between her like schedule. I think she was in between primary and something else, mm-hmm. and all these different things. So I'm sitting there thinking like, how is this? What is this? I I mean I can answer some questions. Oh no, I know what it is. Shoot. I know. It, I, I watched it. <laughs> And I'm good because it's terrible. It's, it's that's why I keep saying no shade. I mean, um, you know, we we all know that Tyler Perry. You know, I I will definitely commend him and give him his props for employing black actors. Yeah. You know, I I love that. I will give him his props. But man, when if y'all haven't seen Acrimony yet, I, I believe it's on Hulu. Just take a night and watch it. And just tell me, if you have the answer, you can you can find me anywhere. How did Taraji get on that boat? She, it ain't no way. It ain't no way. But you know what that is? And we discovered that this week on okay. Twitter. He posted, a, he posted a video of him, of all these scripts. Yeah, I saw, I and, saw and that. He, he, the, he wrote the, all of them. And the controversy was... Where's your writer's have, room? He doesn't have a writer's room. He and writes all he of writes, his So it's like, this is beautiful that you have himself. this work ethic. You can get this type of like output. But you do need to bounce ideas, bro. They're going to be blind spots. It's like when J. Cole started using other people for beats. Beats. Yeah. Like, it just got better. Like, it did. You know I mean? like, <laughs> period. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think, His beats is cold, too, you know? But, but it, it becomes... Diversity becomes, of thought. It, it, yes, it, absolutely. Diversity of thought and becomes monotone. And I know that's probably not even what he's thinking. He's probably not even thinking. Like, he's probably thinking, like, oh, I, I'm about to do this. But, I'm I mean, if, if he had a second nah, rider, we would have known how Taraji got on the boat. Yeah. Because we'd have been like, hold on. I got to ask you this question. <laughs> right. <laughs> how did how did you get from here to here? <laughs> we got to rewrite that. We got to rewrite that. We got to make Ooh. that make sense. Why is that girl doing tribal dances that. in the dark? <laughs> you you yeah. need you need it's, to. It, try, if you want to, you I can skip it. I guess I'm not a <laughs> No, no, no. You can just skip to that part if you like because the in-between is not going to help you at all. Now, let's let's have a night where um, I can make us some squid ink pasta. We've been trying to make squid ink pasta and, squid ink pasta and brick chicken. For like a year. I know we need. That's because you're always gone. I know. I'm. I'm working on it. Y'all, Amir. He's Amir working be on traveling. It. Don't be telling them my business. <laughs> <laughs> squidding. I would love to try that. Let me it's know when real, do It's that. really, really right. good. I, I will definitely let you know. So, how does it look though? It's like it's like it looks like linguine or pasta, any type of pasta, yeah. but it's like black. You, okay. You've seen black. it before. I'm I definitely have. Do, I definitely you know, have. That's squidding that makes you black. Yeah. And I just got a, uh, I got a new stainless steel pasta roller, so... Um, is, it, is the ink no. bitter? How does it taste? Um, it's a, so, um, like it depends kind of like on, it really does depend on what kind of ink sauce, you use. Yeah, um, if you sauce. use cuttlefish ink or if you use squid ink, cuttlefish ink is a little bit fresher she tasting. She be knowing the difference <laughs> between the inks and all that. That's the fish, that's the fish that has like, uh, like the tentacles out of it and it kind of like pokes people. Well, cuttlefish yeah, is? cuttlefish, if you think of it, it's like a tiny, itty bitty miniature version of a squid. And okay. they are delicious. Uh, <laughs> they are so good. 
but yeah, they their ink is a little bit milder than a squid. A squid's ink is not funky at all. It's it's kind of fresh, but it's kind of briny and uh. um you know, just a smidge funky, but funky in a good way. I know what you mean. Yeah, right? I know what you mean. You know, funky like umami kind yeah, of Yeah, that's what I'm Yeah, yeah um, but yeah, all you got to do, make your make your pasta dough, get some cuttlefish ink out the jar, or, you know, some squid ink out the jar, add it to your pasta, roll that out, and then cut cut them little strips Go of spaghetti. Ahead. Go ahead. Yes, and... I, you know, I, I make it with some garlic shrimp or scallops. You know, there there's a great way to make a great sauce, and I always add my my white wine, and yeah, that's squid ink pasta. It's very good. I highly recommend everyone try it. Oh yeah, if you I'm, can. I'm, 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 I'm gonna remind <laughs> you on that. I'm gonna remind you on that one. But no, I think I'll end with you, Amir. Sure. If money wasn't an issue. What's something that you would create? If money wasn't an issue, I would create a creation center. Like I'm one of those people that like, yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm a creative. I consider myself a creative, but I'm not actively creating all the time. But sometimes creation is just like therapy for me. Like sometimes after a long day, I just want to come home and like play on the keyboard. Sometimes after a long day, I just want to do something yeah. with the other side of my brain. And um, I, I've had this idea for a program. Don't nobody steal this now. I'm gonna come after you. Uh, I had this idea for a program for a long time called the Creative Binge. And I would create a creation center based on this idea of the creative bench. And it's a place where anyone can come in. And if you like to take pictures, there is like 35 millimeter cameras. If you like to paint, there is canvases and there's places for you to paint. If you like to create, you like to write, maybe we have an old school typewriter in there. If you like to build something, maybe we have things that you could build with. Like any part of your brain that's just like wants to create, wants to make something, imagine that you can come into the center and there's a corner or there's a room or there's a place in any of these areas that you can just go and create. And maybe it's used for people actually creating um, beautiful work and masterpieces and art and whatnot. Maybe it could be used for just corporate. People coming in and like, okay, we doing all this uh, practical stuff all the time. Let's come in here and let's just have fun creating something. Yes. Everybody, let's just paint something. Let's just, if you want to paint, go paint something. If you want to be a photographer, go be a photographer or something. If you want to create sounds or create music or create film or create uh, anything that can be made by human hands, like anything that can be created or ideated from the brain, I just imagine a center where you could go in and find that and do it. Mm. And yeah. yeah, maybe you could take something home from it or yeah. maybe you donate it or whatever it is. I, I haven't, I, obviously I haven't fully uh, thought this through, but, but, no, 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 that's, but that's, that's really dope. You know, Amir, you actually may, remind me of this and Rodney, you and I had this conversation mm-hmm. um, where I, I saw this thing circulating on Twitter where someone said, as millennials, you know, we're all millennials um, here, the three of us. Uh, we're always so focused on side hustles rather than hobbies. You know, we don't really have hobbies anymore. We don't. And, you know, I think that, you know, as, as a, you know, as an ideology, it's so easy in our society now to just really think about the next dime, which is important. You know, we, we need, we need to make funds to like have a good quality of life in this country. But when it comes down to just, doing things that you enjoy for the sake of enjoying it, 
you know, I, I personally have seen that the that particular ideology lost among so many people. There's nothing wrong with monetizing things that you're great at. Yeah, no. You know, absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's, it's but like what we're about obsessed with productivity? But what about yeah. your inner peace? You know, what about like reparenting your inner child and like getting back to things you used to love as a child and maybe you didn't have the resources to nurture, but as an adult you do. Why mm-hmm. not nurture them right now? Like yeah. you can you can still be that kid that's ten years old that's like, you know what? I want to be an astronaut and like believe it and I think that like sometimes people grow up and then they stop dreaming or they stop having these like grandiose ideas of what they could do or what they could be but it's interesting because the universe brings us back to those things yeah like I think you can't you can't you can run away from because of practicality and maturity and all these different things you can run away from the things that inspired you at those ages but it's going to still come back to you because yeah. those were your foundational things. Like mm-hmm. I think about it all the time. The first, like the first thing I wanted to be that I can remember wanting to be was a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why I just used to watch too much TV and I used to like truly be extremely intrigued on how do they do this? How do they make these things happen? How do they make these things move? And I would want to do all these different things. So I remember having notebooks, I would draw, once I found out how to literally draw in one specific way, I would draw like these, like, uh, like quarter faces where they're like, just like this, and they're just shoulders, mm-hmm. and I would literally just draw a head, a, a head and face with like a shoulder cut off, and I would edit within that. So I would literally create all these characters. And all these people who would be with these characters, give them names and give them certain colors and be like, these are connected and this is the show and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I always come back to that in terms of like nowadays when I come to just want to be inspired. It's like I need to go back and like really look into that, mm-hmm. really, really still jot things down, really still put certain focus into certain things. And I really believe that we have to listen to those parts of ourselves because those are the things that we really need to kind of like get out. Absolutely. Things that we need to yeah, tap into. Absolutely. And, that, and that's why I'm glad I like had the urge to want to start creating things that I've never created before. Like infused oils and yes. infused water and all these and different things. And squid ink pasta next. And, and get some squid ink pasta <laughs> next. Yo, you got, I don't know if you get back out here in this garden, but you have a great um, and, backyard but that see that's, you could definitely like but, go but crazy. That, and that's something that I talked to my landlord about was like, I really want you to like teach me as much as you can. Are they big gardeners? Oh, she, she's a florist by trade. Okay. Yeah, she's a florist. So she's, you, I can show you pictures after. I can show that's you pictures awesome. of like how it looked Right. I don't even have the best pictures. I have the pictures of when everything started to grow, but the best pictures are, are like the pictures I have wouldn't even do it just because they she had like ten foot sunflowers back there. Oh wow! Yeah, that were like majority of one whole plot, a whole patch of strawberries, a whole patch of mint, mm. whole patch of you know all these different things. She was just trying out stuff. Yeah, has collars back there. She was doing a little bit of everything, and um, it's a beautiful thing because it's like. It, it, it shows the messaging of, like, why, why wouldn't it, everyone want to learn how to do this? Like, it's a yeah. beautiful thing. It's fresh-ass air that I'm taking in and oxygen that I'm taking in every it, time I fucking step outside. It's literally therapeutic. Yes. It really is. It's literally therapeutic for you to either take some time to garden, take some time to draw. Like, if you ever if you ever think about, like, people that just, like, draw. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, that's, you see that's how why at peace they are when they just be Exactly. Sketching. And that's why today there are adult coloring books. Yeah. You know, um, and, and this just really makes me think about how... Um, 
I don't know. It's we always want to monetize our time nowadays because it's it's been a necessity for a lot of people. But yeah. I really truly think in the age of you know us discussing things like therapy yeah. and reparenting our inner child to heal trauma and um, you know really taking care of ourselves, I think it's so pivotal for us to drown out all the noise that says that we can't do certain things. Uh, because we're not going to make any money off of it. And like Amir says, just do it. Just do it. Um, just do it. If it's for inner peace, you know, um, I, I'm always a firm believer of doing what you can to achieve inner, like legitimate inner peace and just holding on to it as, as much as you can. I agree. Yeah. And, I agree. and like if that even, means coloring, if you think color. About people color. watch TV, right? If, if you have time to binge any series, period, you got time to create something for yourself. You yeah. have time to dig into one of your hobbies like or create a hobby for yourself or whatever mm-hmm. it is it's just like it's just balanced with everything i feel like yeah. nowadays like we just we just we just go hard it's just like the thing like go hard on binging we go hard at work we go hard when we drink we go hard when we party we whatever it is like yep. you know like just find your balance like you don't have to do what everybody else is doing you yeah. don't have to uh, uh, spend your time how everybody else is spending their time and like it's funny because like even when even with, like the tv and stuff like that like I always have these these conversations. Like, no, I've never watched a full episode of Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, like to everybody listening. I'm it's okay to waste your time. You know, but it's like, but it's <laughs> like you know, and the way it wrapped up. I yeah, mean, that's so at I this mean, point. yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just know I think so many people just get on hype stuff just so they could talk about it. Yes, and it's like, okay, if no, if everybody wasn't watching, first of all, I don't like none of that, my lord, my lady. I, I just can't watch that type oh, of stuff. Oh, we have to like work the, on you. The medieval <laughs> fantasy world. It's I just, get it. It's just not my preference. Yeah. And you don't okay. like the dragons, bro. No, I don't like the dragons. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I, I crack my girl up when I tell. Her. I was like, you know, you know, I got you into this little dungeon. <laughs> but I will say, and I, I get it. I never played Final Fantasy. You know, when I was a kid, but I give her credit. She know? put me on to honestly. That was literally my way of like trying to get at her. Uh huh. Was slid in DMs, found out that was something she was into, <laughs> and was like, I'm about to start watching I'm watch this, 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 uh, this little yes. Game of Thrones real quick. <laughs> Game of Thrones. And it took me. It took me a minute to get into it though. It took me a minute. A few seasons, honestly, for me to be like, okay, this is a good show. Yeah, you patient. I was. I have a lot of patience, but yeah. but the hair does it. But bless you for the disappointment that soon came after. Yeah, it, hey, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I feel so many ways. <laughs> I feel so many ways because I just feel like I think artistically and knowing the, the 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 things that I know about film and the things I know about writing, the things I know about just storytelling as a whole. I just feel like so many other ch- choices could have been made. Who Chile? But I digress. I'm, I, I really, truly appreciate you guys coming in. Um, I would love if you guys share with everyone how they can, you know, understand what services that, because Gumbo also provides services. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And I think that's something that I didn't mention. <laughs> we in the, do do the services. Previous, the previous episode, I would love for you to let everyone know how they can learn about the services that you guys provide and give them any other information that they can keep up with Gumbo and you guys with. And um, we can close on that. We can get on out of here. Check us out, gumbomedia.com. You'll see all of our services. We focus on uh, brand, brand identity. We can also do design. We also do consulting work. We can do business plans. We can help you ideate. We can help bring your idea to life. Um, that's what we've done with ourselves. And we utilize our network. And what we say at Gumbo is that we curate experiences, opportunities, and content that work to expand the narrative of black life. Mm. 
it enhanced the and enhanced the narrative of black, of black life. life. I love it. So it's all about owning your narrative. So we will find, we will find, we will help you discover who you want to be in your business, in your creative side, and we will create a physical digital presence for that. We will help you to do that. We will help you to bring that to life. And believe me, you will not be dissatisfied with it. Um, bet on yourself. That's like, I feel like that's just my that's motto, why, That's yo. why I said that's the message for 2020. That's my motto, yo. Bet on yourself. <laughs> bet on yourself. Yeah. Um, we also help to curate events, and we also provide services with um, filming and cinematography. Um, so, you know, reach out to us, certainly, um, you know, at hello at Gumbo Media. And go to our website, like Amir said, gumbomedia.com. You can also find us on the social medias, you know, Instagram <laughs> and Twitter and um, also and, uh, Facebook. You can, you can follow us individually. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, at Humble Soldier 2. That's Humble Soldier 2. At, uh, that's on Instagram. And yeah. Zay. Yeah, you can find, you know, I, I haven't posted in a while, but that's because I'm a lurker. But um, I enjoy lurking. You can find me at I am Zanea Williams. See, I use my government for that. So it's I am Z E N A Y A Williams. There's a lot of Zays on. on find there. us, interact with us, engage with us. We'd be, we be happy to meet you. Yes. We'd be happy to link with you we're when really we come friendly. to your city. I mean, we're based we in Chicago, people. but. We're all over. I could be. We could be at any place at any time. You never know. We'd love to link with you. We'd love to build with you. We'd love to uh, just continue to uh, to make it happen. So I love that. Yes. I love that. I Can love we that. talk about all the Zays on social media real quick, y'all? <laughs> what What is y'all doing? Why? If your name is Xavier, your name is Xavier. Your okay. name is Zanea. I it literally, know. there's no actual like Xavier actually has a Zay within the name, like. You know? But it's an X. My name starts with a Z. Mm-hmm. People need to stop tripping. I have been called Zay my entire life, and as I got into my twenties, then I started meeting folks named Xavier, and they'd be like, "Oh, what's up, Zay?" And I'm looking like, "Oh, hey, no, I was talking to Xavier. No, we're not gonna have that in 2020, okay? That's Xavier, hilarious. your name is Xavier, and my name is Zay." Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. And we'll close out with that. Um, I am Rodney Perry. You can follow the Sibley King podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available from Google Play to Spotify to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you listen, subscribe, leave reviews, and share. You can follow me, um, follow the podcast at Simply King Pod on IG. Follow me uh, individually at Kings underscore memoirs on every platform i love you i appreciate you as always this is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans i'm rodney perry also known as king and this is simply king peace make your fucking mind up i am sick of waiting patiently how come you the best to me i know you the worst for me boy you sweet that sugar diabetic to the first degree my spotty senses got me on the fences old squad and gins that travel back by balenci big dog hitting big willies on the six speed so motherfucking dangerous. You so motherfucking dangerous. You got me by my neck. That's why these other niggas lame to us. Cause all these other niggas lame as fuck. They show them no respect. <laughs>